It would be silly to think that there wasn't some sort of defenses, but thank you for your astute observations. Now, back to my point. We know the kid's there. How do we get to the yacht? There's a chain. Lobos will chime in and say, uh, in, in 20 hours and 32 minutes, there will be a, uh, <laughs> uh, a visit, a high-profile visit by a, a counselor, a friend of the family. I believe that might be our ticket in. Uh, if we wanted to wait further, there's there's a supply visit in three days' time, but it's up to you whether the additional stealth and ease of access of uh, to just a mere supply barge may outstrip the importance of urgency. I believe that uh, given the high profile of our target, our inquiries may have already been noticed. I agree. I think we should move quickly, even if we haven't been detected, which, I mean, I know I haven't been, I don't know about either of you, but uh, they could always move the kid for any any reason to any other place. Once we've lost him, we have to find him again. It gets more and more complicated. So, Yeah, it makes sense to move now. You said uh, this visiting dignitary comes in sometime tomorrow? Yes. That's perfect. We know who he is and uh, where they're leaving from? Yes. I, I put the stack of papers that I acquired down on the table. So I'll uh, pick up the papers, start flipping through them. What are we seeing here? This is just a single visiting dignitary. There's, uh, He's got guards with him. He's got staff with him. Who will actually be there? No one who visits the Blofeld family in their private estate is the type of person to travel alone. They'll definitely have a contingent of, of forces, and I assume that the documents don't have like a detailed description of who will be what. Probably just basically a size of the ship that's that's going to the family estate. Yeah, and there well, and there's like a there's like a work order that that details that there will be a guard um that accompanies them. It doesn't uh d- detail the exact numbers or who, um but there's there is of course an escort, you know, uh, a guarded escort. Mm-hmm. Is is there a photograph of this dignitary? You guys are well connected enough as a group. Uh you can confirm prior knowledge of this dignitary. If only we had some way to impersonate this person. <laughs> So Langstrom will uh, right his chair, sit back in it, kick his feet up on the table. So, uh, Rand, did those feathers do anything else, or are you just a bird brain? <laughs> oh, um, <clears throat> if we are going to impersonate this person, I can definitely get that done. <laughs> so how about the first part of our plan here is to remove the dignitary from the picture? poses him and his guards and walk in the front door that sounds like a good plan and uh i assume that the rest of our plan will have a little bit uh more to it than a burlap sack and parachutes (laughs) i mean the kids got to stay alive i don't want to drop them off the side of the boat five parachutes yeah there's three of us four parachutes he's a kid i was gonna say if the if the cart we're taking up there is not if we're not slated to stay on the um, on the yacht, the cart will have to take us back. So we could, in theory, just get the kid on the cart and take it away. True. Also, just um, point out that um, there's one character who has the movement attribute, and uh, that actually enables you to levitate. So if, if like, things go south, um, you could magically get up or down. But the problem is just, you know, like, as a group, that's harder. But that could be, I just wanted to point that out just to help out here. All right. So I think the first thing we need to do is find where this dignitary is, suss him out, 
and uh, replace him and his staff as necessary. We've got, you said about 20 hours? That's correct. Carrie? Yep. All right. So it's uh, it's dusk now, right? So this will be going off late tomorrow afternoon. We should probably use tonight to replace the dignitary. Mm. Would, would you want to, depending on the dignitary schedule, uh, he may have a number of other stops. I would hate to have the replacement be revealed before we even got on the, the Blofeld Arms ship. Well, why don't we find that out? Yes. They might, he might just be going to a party and hanging out tonight. He might not have any meetings. I, I love parties. The, the right course of action may be to to study and do background work for the next 20 hours. We will need to know more about the, the person we're impersonating, their agenda on the ship, who they know there, and how they act. We're also going to need a little bit of equipment. We're going to need a more detailed plan. I, I need time to go over these charts to find uh, good angles to cover you while you guys enter. And then um, I think we need at least more than one escape plan, preferably three. Or we could just wing it. We could. <laughs> I, I point at Rand and laugh. <clears throat> wing it. I don't. Because he can turn into a bird because the feathers and never mind. You'll, you guys will get it later. Logo size okay. heavily. <sighs> Why did I agree to work with fools? Because <laughs> the paycheck's big enough, darling. So let's, uh, let's go find this dignitary. Let's do a little bit of research, figure out who it is. Um, I will be happy to take point on that. I think I can get where I need to go without being seen. Well, what I'm going to do, just to, this is actually something that Carrie Ann actually already, you actually have some idea about this. And so how you want to go about further investigation is up to you. But you actually already know um, what we need to know, given the name. Um, well, it's, you know the high level, hmm. which is essentially that uh, the reason it's known to you is because it's a contact of yours. It's in your network, right? And so the, um, the dignitary is apparently uh, a member of the, the, the true believers, right? Which is actually extra unusual uh, for someone like that to be visiting the private yacht of uh, the Blofeld family. So that kind of uh, is a little bit of a red flag to your character. Um, however, you know, maybe it's just that you know, that normal thing where uh, people appear to believe or subscribe to causes, but then, you know, once they're at a certain level of uh, in the power echelon, uh, they, they sort of straddle multiple spheres or something like that. So you actually have, as a result, you have some more intimate knowledge of uh, this particular individual. And so, yeah, so you don't know them well enough to know their true motives. So let me clarify that part. But I just mean that you've you've heard of them. You're a little bit familiar with some of their their background and uh, and that sort of thing. Okay. So uh, realistically, what what uh, what I hear from that is that we do not need a die roll to finish our preparation. We would just need a montage of us getting similar looking guard uniforms and and yeah, uh, sure. you know making notes and and then uh, exercising like by the Washington Monument or something. And and then boom, we'd be all ready for tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, theoretically. Um, now you can, if you want to probe uh, deeper in terms of specific things from what I just gave as an as an overview, then then we can definitely roll for that. Um, but I'm just saying you have a starting point, and uh, in terms of preparation, you kind of already meet the bare minimum. But how far you want to go with that is up to you. Um, you you already know 
you know, the reputation of this individual. So, so there's that. Anybody have thoughts? Well, I think we should, since we know who the person is, we should figure out what the schedule might be for the evening and the morning so we can find the right time to do the whole switcheroo. Mm -hmm. And then we should also research the guards or staff that might be traveling with the dignitary so that we can replace them properly. Also, maybe we should figure out the dignitary's name. Because if we just keep saying the dignitary... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Eh. It's Mr. The Dignitary. It's just like the name it's, of his bar. Uh, it's, 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 uh, we'll, we'll call him Lord Abruzio for now. So um, that is who you'll be impersonating. Fantastic. All right, yeah, we just need to get his, uh, his schedule, itinerary, figure out the best time to make the switch. You do your thing. I'll look in at Langstrom, which lets you do your thing. I'll look at Rand, and uh, we'll be good to go. So, so for exits, we have uh, the, the, the ship we came in on, but that assumes that we haven't set off alarms, which means that we would need to impersonate or replace the sun or take him in such a way that no one notices he's gone and no one notices the squirming burlap sack that we're carrying. <laughs> uh, the, the the second choice for exits uh, would be then uh, probably the chain. The third choice may be levitating out. Uh, it, do they have lifeboats? Is that a reasonable fourth choice? Roll me a persuasion roll to get this info. Somebody can't, whoever wants to, uh, you know, in your contacts, whoever is most realistic, would be rolling persuasion to see if you can know the yacht at that intimate of a level or, or get that info from somebody. We don't have the general expectation for this culture and society, whether or not this sort of a yacht would have escape lifeboats or not. Um, mo actually, mo it's it's been rare enough that... Um, oh, none of us have actually visited a private yacht of this caliber. That, but also, so let me, so, I'll, I'll, well, okay, let's put it to you this way. Your expectation right now is that there must be some escape However, you've not known these vessels to sort of crash, so it's not necessarily con it's not quite the same as like a, a like a cruise ship that might hit a glacier. It's kind of more rare that that an escape like that would be necessary. So so go ahead and just roll for it to see if you know the specifics. Uh, so that would be persuasion to talk it out of somebody, or also it could be like learning actually. Uh, so post would, learning. would go learning. I, I have okay. just six points invested in that if anybody has better. I was going to say, would cool. would my have investigation have given me any knowledge of a lifeboat situation? Because I could just use it. You would, you would be, your your investigation would 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 confirm for, as far as oh, you okay. know okay, that, there, so that, that there are that there are not lifeboats because you did not see any of those on the side. So that's a good, that's a fair point. That's a good question to ask. Okay. So then I, I, I would say I did not see any lifeboats. Hmm. At, at some point in the 20 hours, Lobos visits the, uh, surreptitiously visits um, some, uh, an, an engineering school, a magical engineering school. Uh, you sure, know, she sure. has access to the library. She has an old expired student card from, from back in the day when she didn't want to kill people for a living. She instead wanted to build things. And, and uh, so she spends a, a couple of hours researching through books to see if... What she can see about evacuation principles, and she's not incredibly successful. She gets a 12 total. 12, okay. Um, well, it's not very difficult to find, actually. Um, the, 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 the plans for these sorts of vessels, uh, the specifics of one, is not something you're going to find in the public library. However, um, given their 
their prestige within society and how 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 much status is associated with them. They're they're sort of like a they're like a hallmark, right? And so there's so like a coffee table book find. somewhere that, that 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 has some interviews and some glamour shots, like our home in the clouds, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're able to find something like that, and what you learn from that is that um, typically the only escape route that these things afford is is actually just parachutes that are on board that are used for for you know if an emergency should happen the assumption is that one would parachute down okay how old is the kid the kid is um he's thought he's believed to be 12 years old that's what reports have 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 told you all oh good we don't need an adult-sized burlap sack (laughs) if we can get to the kid i can get him to come with me we won't have to Right. Oh. oh, Lobos's opinion of you just ratcheted up a couple of notches. <laughs> she leaves her favorite burlap sack at home. All right, so with all these plans, uh, I would like to head off into the night looking for Lord Abracio's current whereabouts, which I assume we know from that high-level dossier. Yep. And start trying to suss out what his schedule might be for the next day and who he travels with. Okay. I think I'm tagging along with you. I don't know if um, if you're aware, and if you're if you're not aware or okay with it, then I will do it without you knowing. But I think <laughs> I'm tagging along with you. I would like to head off into the night. <laughs> As I head off, my... Uh, shadowy familiar is following along behind me. Mm-hmm. I think I would just confidently head out, and if you were following me, you're following me. Okay, I'm pretty. I'm pretty much headstrong. I'm like, all right, we made the plans. I'm gonna check out some information. I'll be back. Cool. Now, did we have something set up where we had to check in with the Baron every so often, or is he just listening to what we're doing? Um, the idea is that. Uh your understanding of how the rings work and yes there's lots of suspect around this whole thing because you have no idea how honest he's been however um he did explain to you that um he can detect um there's there's a constant ability to survey whether or not the ring is worn by someone and that then it also enables um each to uh actively engage um, the communication channel, you know, it's like, think of, sure. uh, like a walkie talkie. So it's not a passive listening thing. It's like, mm-hmm. if he wants to talk to you, he can send a message to you through it and you can send a message back, but he's not just, he's not simply listening to everything that you say from, from your understanding of how it works. And did we have something in our agreement or contract that said we have to report in every hour, every six hours, nothing like that? Okay. No, no. And, and in fact, to, to, you know, like to the point earlier about like going in on a supply ship in three days, uh, there was not a specific time frame given. Basically, and it came up in conversation, you know, off camera. Uh, you know, he's he's this is important enough to him that he doesn't want to rush the job, so to speak. So he's leaving it completely to you all how you approach it. Okay. I was just making sure we didn't have to check in, risk violating our contract or something. So yeah, yeah Langstrom just heads off into the night. Cool. Okay, so so tell me a little bit about what you're doing. I guess we'll just keep we'll keep the camera on you now. All right, so we know from the information that Lobos had where uh, Lord Abracio is staying for the evening. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I'm going to I'm going to say this is one of the nicer hotel type buildings in one of the upper parts of town. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I will head there. A hotel like this clearly has a bar restaurant on the ground floor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I will go in, buy a drink, start chatting people up here and there. Okay. And basically just, uh, see if I come across some of the guards, maybe off duty or okay. maybe the, maybe his private secretary or personal assistant, something like that. Okay, sure, sure. So let's give you a... Okay, so you're going to wait and see if you can catch any of his guards. Uh, so we'll simply make that a 60-40 uh, chance. So you can just roll a die. High is good for you. 40% chance that, that you're able to catch him that way, just by luck. All right. Uh, so I rolled a d10 and I got a 6. Okay, so that sounds like... That is, or wait, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's a fail because eight, seven, eight, nine, ten would be for the top forty, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Close. Um, so unfortunately, you you wait around a bit, uh, sort of just uh, loitering, so to speak, in the lobby, uh, waiting for them, and um, sort of reach the end of your your natural patience to uh, wait that out. Um, none of them show up in that time frame. Uh, however long that, however long you want to give to the task is up to you. Yeah, I would give it a couple hours and then get bored. Um, so then I would go over to, well, actually, wait a second. Uh, with what Lobos gave me for information, do we know what room Lord Abracio was in? Yeah, he's in one of the, the, the upper penthouse suite suites and, um, you can, you, well, that's just that's actually just an assumption. So you could you would have to ask at the front desk to actually get that info. So um, you could roll a deception check or something like that to fast talk the guard into or the the clerk into giving that up. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I will. After I wait a couple hours, I'll go over to the front desk, see whoever is working there, start a conversation, and try to coax the information of exactly what room the Lord is in. Yep, yep. I left my keys in, the, in his room. <laughs> Alrighty. So that is only a six. Only a six. <laughs> um, so uh, what, what happens on a six <laughs> is... Nothing uh, good. <laughs> um, he, uh, so the... Uh, the man at the front desk, uh, you're 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 perceptive enough to know when some, when you've sort of been had, uh, and so you you attempt to convince him, and then he says, uh, "I don't I don't have any record of you having uh, been to the room earlier here." As he sort of is rifling through his papers, and he says, "What did you say your name was again?" Jeremy. <laughs> well, Jeremy Spiven. Well, Jeremy, I will, um, if you want to wait over there, um, uh, in, in, uh, in the lounge, I will, uh, I will contact, uh, Lord Abruzio and, uh, verify that he knows you. Uh, pl please, please hold one moment as he, uh, he goes and they do have, um, they don't have electronics like computers, but they have telephones and that sort of thing, you know, like early industrial age type stuff or late industrial age type stuff. 
so he picks up uh, the receiver, this large receiver uh, with like various brass uh, decoration and such, and uh, begins to make his inquiry. What do you do? <laughs> Can I try to sneakily cut the phone line? <laughs> sure you can. So what is your, uh, what attribute are you going to use to do that? So one of the cool things in Open Legend is since we just do damage with attributes, like we simply, we can simply decide like, okay, I'm going to damage the phone line and I'm going to use this attribute. And then you just need to roll to see like, do you do enough damage using that method? All right. Well, uh, my primary supernatural ability is entropy. Okay. Yep. So I'm going to assume that I have some sort of influence and control over chaos. Absolutely. Which, which to my mind, means I can just hex the bejesus out of that phone. Yeah. I, I would even envision you as being like, because entropy is like the dark or void, you could almost talk like cut off the electrical impulse that goes through the, the, the phone line or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So I can just roll my entropy, um, yeah. entropy for it? Yep. All right, that is a 22. 22, okay, definitely good enough. Um, you see, um, you see like, uh, like a look of consternation uh, go across the face of the uh, clerk as he sort of like, you just see him looking at the receiver, back and forth from the receiver, like putting it to his ear and then looking at it, and then like, you know, quickly tapping on the the you know the the lever i forget what we call it <laughs> the lever that hangs up the phone or whatever um <laughs> and, it's the red uh, button right it's the red button and then you see him whisper to to uh to another um another one of the clerks and uh, like frantic and frustrated uh, he begins having a conversation uh but it seems that your attempt has worked all right so i will just uh basically take my leave wrap on the counter well looks like uh Looks like my keys are lost. All right. Thanks for checking. Okay. If it's anything like a normal hotel, you might be able to look and see what number he was dialing, and that would tell you what room he was in. <laughs> mm. Yep. Yeah. We can we can retcon that uh, slightly backwards so you can roll perception if you want. Sure. Absolutely. As a practiced and experienced spy <laughs> slash assassin, I obviously would have done that to begin with. Absolutely. Uh, that is a 21. Okay, great. Um, you see him dial, uh, he dials the number 1024. And um, to your knowledge, we'll, we'll skip the, the, the uncertainty in the middle. Um, the, the hotel does have over 10 floors. Okay, so uh, with that knowledge, I will head back outside. It is late in the evening at this point. Does the hotel have fire escapes? Or balconies? Yeah, sure, sure. There, there are definitely um, there are balconies, especially because this is a high class hotel. And um, even though it's actually still, it's still just absolutely to to our standards, it's absolutely disgusting. But the tenth floor to their standards is like on the precipice, or sort of like almost the clearing point where the smog is not so bad. So being actually able to breathe the air. Is a, is a feature. It's a luxury feature. Okay. And the buildings are all kind of crammed together. So there are some other hotels and buildings nearby next to it that are around the same height, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go to some of the other buildings that are nearby. And using my teleport ability, 
bounce my way up the balconies to the roof so that I can uh, essentially look in on the 10th floor of this hotel without being on that specific balcony yep. to, to look around from the outside and figure out where 24 is. Perfect. They're actually, you're, you're in luck as you begin to do this. You actually notice that um, for some strange reason, maybe it's just vanity. There are like these bronze, uh, like plated numbers that are on the outside of the balconies themselves. Um, so as you're doing that, you actually, it, it's quickly apparent far before, you know, long before you actually get up to the height you're going for, um, which room is which as it's marked. And, uh, but you, so that said, you can easily get to the 10th floor uh, because of your your feet, which gives you the ability to uh, never fail at teleporting. And and 25, you can automatically teleport, what is it, uh, your movement score is 6? Yeah, so you can teleport 30 feet uh, at, at, at a clip, which is, you know, obviously less than it is to go balcony to balcony. So, so looking in through the balcony of room 24 is the lord still up and awake is he moving around is he asleep he is uh let's see uh we don't high or low you choose uh high for good uh alrighty. okay um <laughs> unfortunately i rolled a two on my d20 so you for some reason um very strange because of how late it is you would assume that you know an important and uh uh, fat cat like this this fellow would have already gone to bed, but um, he seems to be at his desk and uh, rifling through papers. Um, maybe he has some sort of weird uh, deadline or emergency or, or some sort of thing that he has to take care of as you see him sitting and, uh, you know, just like I said, just rifling through these papers at his desk and he seems very engrossed in what he's doing. Probably editing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to sit there and observe for a while. Okay. I want to see what he's doing. I want to see if anyone comes in to talk to him, if he calls or summons any servants or employees. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I also want to see if, as I'm seeing him rifle through his papers, if there is a specific bag, satchel, document, briefcase, basically something he's always referring to that I might be able to observe as his schedule or day planner. Very good. Uh, One thing I'll just throw out is just an interesting thing that we can just sort of have you do is, uh, since you can also invoke darkness at will and blind sight to see out of your own darkness, um, you could actually just sort of create a pocket that would really ensure that you can't be seen. So uh, just probably something you would do. Yeah, that's a good idea. So that said, you're, you achieve a kind of level of inde, you know, undetectability or whatever. Um, and so that gives you the ability to sort of observe for as long as uh, you need to. Yeah, so you're able to, to observe indefinitely without the sort of feeling that you risk being noticed. Um, and uh, given that, we will say that uh, eventually... So roll me a perception to see if you can spot it without actually having to move into the room. Alrighty. Alright, that is only a 14. So, on a 14, what actually happens is um, they, he eventually, he eventually goes to sleep, so you have that advantage, but you're unfortunately not able to catch 
Um, it, he just doesn't happen to go through that paper or whatever, you know, in the, during the time when you're sort of observing. Uh, but you see him head off to, uh, to bed. He turns out the light and, um, uh, you know, the papers are just sitting there on the desk. Uh, but you were not able to catch a glimpse of that particular item. All right. Well, then as soon as he goes to bed, I will teleport over to the balcony using my darkness and blind sight abilities. I will make sure that I blend into the darkness of the room, cool. slip over to the desk, and see if I can find his schedule. Cool. Uh, so roll agility to verify that you're not heard, that your footfalls are someone who's, you know going to sleep you have uh give yourself advantage one uh because uh he's sort of drifting off to sleep which means that you um, have a better chance of him not hearing you so what advantage is just to explain it for the sake of everyone listening what you would normally roll 2d8 on this because you have an agility of six and then you roll 3d8 instead but you keep the two highest d8 all right so one of those exploded hold on sweet and i rolled a one on that so that's lousy uh (laughs) however uh, with advantage. Now, hold on. Uh, would I? Th- Does the reroll count as the lowest one I would throw out? The re- so what happens is you uh, you take the first three di- you take the first three dice. You keep the highest two, and, okay. and you know, and then yeah, just go from there. Okay. So that gives me a total of twenty nine. Twenty nine. All right. So you uh, you are silent as the grave as you uh, sneak into his. Uh, into his uh, abode here. You're even able to get the door open without having it squeak, which is something of a miracle given all of the rust and such. But uh, this is a very, very fancy hotel. So uh, the track on their door is, uh, is better than most. So you, uh, so you get in there and you do in- indeed find, and can you remind me what you were looking for? You find it, whatever it is. I just want to find his schedule or day planner so I know exactly where he is going and what he's doing in the morning. Okay, cool. Uh, Yeah, you find that. Um, It looks as though he has a couple of meetings in the morning. So uh, your thought is that if you sort of, you know hijack him and then before those meetings, that might be bad. But, but, um, hilarious. Like his. (laughs) <laughs> you could do it um but his his afternoon uh looks to be uh relatively open uh prior to the time tomorrow evening when he's going to be uh making his way uh up to the the blowfeld yacht estate <clears throat> caleb can i give you a suggestion here whether in character or out go for it try to forge his writing and give him a scheduled meeting at a random place, then we will be waiting on him. Nice. So he looks at me and he's like, oh, wait. Yeah, I'm supposed to meet these guys at lunch. And then we're just there waiting. And That's great. I, I in the back idea. end of town. I've never been there, but I guess I'll visit. <laughs> Actually, that's, that's a fantastic idea. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. So, yeah, what, what would I need to roll to see if I could forge his hand? Be sure to do it in pen so you can't... Uh, when, once you fuck up, it's too late to do anything about it. Now we have to ambush yeah. him before he checks his... I can practice on another piece of paper. <laughs> obviously. He's just so, writing on um, all the backs. <laughs> so the idea, just like before with this ship, the question about um, the escape method for the ship, you know, you could either use learning to see if you've happened to study that before or... 
you know, presence to get it out of somebody or sort of like persuasion. Uh, so in this case, I would say it would be either agility for just your simple raw skill or uh, deception, you know, in this case, I think could possibly help. All right. So I'm going to use my agility since that is powered by my entropy magics. Yeah. I think the the laws of entropy sometimes do swing in my favor. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, through some practicing, I would be able to see if I could mimic the handwriting. Absolutely. Uh, and that is a 14. 14, only. okay. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, this is a good time to ask if we have any resources that let us alter <laughs> or re-roll things. <laughs> so what we have here... I haven't I haven't been diligent to do this um, because this is a little bit of a coming mechanic, but we'll bring it in just for fun Ooh. because why, there's no reason not to. Um, so, in the uh, in the rules, something that's going to be added, which isn't there yet, is uh, perks and flaws. So perks can be anything from your background as a sailor or a monk or something to just something that you're particularly good at, like you have keen elven eyes or something. So it can be racial, it can be you know, something that's more class-based or profession-based. In any case, there's also flaws, and flaws allow you to, when you role-play to a weakness that your character has, you get a, you add to a pool of fate points. And yeah, I know it's called fate points other places, but I think I'll just go with it anyway. Um, and so that'll give you advantage on a roll. And so what we'll, we'll, we'll pull that out just for fun right now, and you can re-roll a D8 um, to see if that helps your total. Okay. Just assuming that I would have awarded something like that, it was just that we haven't really been following that mechanic. Wonderful. So my reroll actually exploded. Nice. <laughs> and it exploded again. What? <laughs> and it exploded no, again. No. I swear you, you are lying, sir. That is the worst. I, like, I, I'm just looking at my lap and making things up. <laughs> I, I promise 100% that I am not faking. I got a 272 on that roll. <laughs> Somebody pull out the dice cam, everybody. <laughs> uh, hold on. Now I have to do math, which is really difficult. I don't think uh, you do. <laughs> no, I super, super do. Um, yeah, no, I'm just saying that I if you know- exploded three times, it, yeah, you passed. Uh, I want to know how much it is. Six, uh, 16, 26, uh, 26, 30, uh over 40. 40. That's nice. So <laughs> I love I I have to take a sidebar for a moment to say this this kind of thing, believe it or not, it tends to happen at least once every time I every session that I play this game and it's always incredibly fun. Uh so that's great. Um yeah, so on a 40, uh you definitely turn the tides of uh, you snatch a victory from the jaws of defeat here. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and yes, indeed, you, uh, the powers of entropy favor you to, even though that makes no sense. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and your, your, uh, your penciled in fake appointment looks spot on to your, to your blind seeing eyes in the magical darkness that you've created. <clears throat> okay. So what I'm going to say is that yeah, anything exceptional that would be like, even more awesome that this would be the opportunity for you to add it if you'd like. So I'm going to say that the appointment was with Lord Abracio's favorite masseuse <laughs> in a very 
high end uh <laughs> massage therapy yeah. business <laughs> It, it's 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 the most cutting it's the most cutting edge most most popular most uh, well don't make it it's so the newest trend. so good that it's gonna be harder to break into that than it was the yeah, yacht that's what I'm no, wondering I'm, I'm getting I'm getting there I'm getting there okay, I'm getting okay. there right. so it it's the new trend right it <laughs> it's the new trend because this is the rich part of town the the trend is to go get a massage instead of going to a whorehouse okay but the kicker is that these massage parlors really just hire the same prostitutes that they always do. Mm-hmm. They just go to a different building. Okay. So it's the happy so, end of the street massage parlor. Exactly. <laughs> so so what I've penciled in is this appointment. Uh, so obviously he would go by himself. Yep. And uh, I, I've added in a location that is is absolutely a whorehouse, mm-hmm. but it's one where I know the uh, the madam yeah okay okay so i can call on an old favor to let her to just use one of the side rooms <laughs> nice. and and get and get it done all right sounds good cool okay um that's i love that uh i love that plan so then i will uh i'll get that in there i'll I'll teleport back out and and then head back to the group to explain what's been going on so he gives you all the lowdown. So essentially the plan is this. We will we will head there. Uh, those of you who are better equipped at this type of skullduggery than I shall be waiting for the Lord. And if you want to duplicate him, read his mind, get his information at that point, I, I think we'll, we'll be a little bit better prepared once we're in there. Uh, so anyone who has divination as an attribute can read minds if, if your divination is high enough. So since he asked that, I'll throw that out. Yeah, that was actually my plan was I wanted to get like what the point of his meeting was and so that Matthew will be able to better play off if we get, you know, something doesn't go to plan. We have a You can be my uh, you could be my attache and just like whisper things in my ears, be like, you're here for blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, yes, I'm blah, blah, blah. uh, Yeah. So, so Vivian, being a female, um, will be set up in the room as if she's the masseuse, okay. and get him relaxed. And then, basically, I will use my my magic hands and magic powers to <laughs> to reveal the secrets of his mind up until the point where uh, Matthew takes over his his uh, body. Cool. Well, we can skip right to that scene. I think that that's, I like the idea of doing so. If everyone else is good with it, we will. Do we have a way of magically putting him out, or are we using uh, the pommel method? Um, I got that covered, too. Okay, great. <laughs> then uh, let's skip to cut to. Picking up in the massage parlor, you, we'll, we'll, we'll gloss over the fact that he doesn't notice the slightly like shady nature of the supposedly very high-end. Uh, but you guys have, you guys have got, you know... You, you spent lots of time setting up curtains and yeah. That's the whole mon- whole montage we're skipping is us preparing the room and yeah, making yeah, making yeah. it look good. And then uh, Matthew, is there a size limit to how big of a creature you can turn into? I believe it's a quarter or t- or four times his size, somewhere between. That. Yeah. So could you be like an animal in the room, like a parakeet? <laughs> oh yeah, no, I could yeah, be a could... yeah, I could be a parakeet or or bird. You could, you could be a little lap dog and paid extra for that. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could I could be a I could be a little critter. 
Okay, so you're you can be in the room. Yes. Watching as we're talking. <laughs> yep. Cool. All right. Perfect. Okay, so uh, so the, he he doesn't he doesn't notice the ruse as he just sort of uh, you know he's he's very uh, self important so uh, he doesn't really have time to like you know you know he's got another meeting he's got to be at I mean you had a small block that you were able to pencil in here you know and so uh, he's got places to go people to see you know again his his, his afternoon's relatively open but he still has other things he has to do so he he comes in and uh, you know sort of without much in the way of acknowledging Vivian, uh, he just sort of disrobes, lays down on the table, gets into the sheet, and, uh, you know, ex- expectantly awaits your, your getting to work, so to speak, here. Okay, so I will actually start giving him uh, sort of a massage. I'm not really skilled at it, but, I mean, it's I can at least do the starting, get, you know, so that th- he thinks everything's okay as I then use my magic. Um, so I have several boons that I can activate. The first I want to try is truthfulness because I want to get him to basically start talking, uh, and tell me like why he's going there, what's, what's going on. And I'm also going to try to get any information about the Baron just to see if there might be something going on that we haven't caught on to yet. Okay. So first off, before you start, let's, uh, we'll add a little heat or a little pressure to the situation. By having you roll agility to see how good your massage is, <laughs> to see how long you can keep him going before uh, he he suspects that you're not a professional or something like that. All right. Well, my uh, agility is a d10 and a d20. Yep. So it's not terrible. Uh, that will be a six. Six. <laughs> so um, what will happen? What's going to happen? And uh, we'll speak. At, we'll speak at this from out of character here. Something's something's going to go wrong fairly early where you you twi- you tweak a muscle that is like makes you look unprofessional. But we're still going to give you a window in which to operate. So your window's smaller now. So what you need to do is uh, be uh, judicious about what you choose to do with that window that you have. All right. I, well, I still want to try the truthfulness uh, yep. because I think that could be important information. And then I have a follow up plan. But if the truthfulness doesn't work, then it may be moot. So. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, go ahead and roll truthfulness. Uh, roll your um, divination is truthful or enchantment is truthfulness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's a d20 and two d6s. So for those who are listening, it is what it says it is on the on labeled on the box, which is uh, makes people tell the truth. So ironically, or I don't know if ironically, but interestingly, I rolled a six, a six, and a six. <laughs> Fortunately, those sixes then explode. So let's try that again. Yeah. <laughs> and they both rolled once, so that is twenty. Uh, twenty. All right. Well, twenty is definitely sufficient. Um, he is he is affected by truthfulness. Okay, so I'm so, just asking uh, before, him. So, like, you know, before what, this this sort of coming. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, yeah. Just, so you have this window. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, what what what's going on? What what do you got planned today? Who are you going to see? And then just as he's talking, I'm gonna keep getting more pointed questions, like, why are you yeah. going there? You know, what is your yeah. business on the yacht? And uh, what what we're so yeah okay so what we'll say is and we'll roll, we'll we'll like dialogue this out but what we'll say is actually and it works out well um, between the the muscle the the questions that he's answering and we'll he's sort of like he's going to eventually notice that he's sort of speaking against his better judgment as well as the thing where you're, the massage doesn't quite work out so uh, let's dialogue it out though what what do you want to know and basically he's going to realize eventually that. 
oh my God, why am I telling this person this stuff? So what else have you got going on this afternoon? Um, well, uh, I'm supposed to speak, uh, I'm su- I guess my big meeting is with the, uh, the Blofelds, uh, later this evening. I, uh, you know, they're old friends of the family. Oh yeah. Everyone knows of the Blofelds. They're very, uh, wealthy and prominent members of our, of our society. Some kind of, some weird business though, with that whole warmongering though. I mean, do you really think they're trying to start a war? Well, <clears throat> I'll be honest with you. I, I think that, um. I think they are starting trying to start a war. However, I'll say this. For all the lobbying that they do and all the political leverage that they do indeed have, I don't think that the the uh, pieces are in the right place for them just yet to actually execute such a uh, such a thing. I think that there's I feel like there's a missing piece, a um a weight on the scale that sort of tips it which has not yet been uh revealed or hasn't yet happened, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think that we're quite where we need to be. It's almost as if maybe one more piece needs to be moved on the board. Yeah, exactly. That I think that's exactly, you uh, echo my sentiments precisely. I, I agree. Yeah, I study philosophy and politics when I'm not at masseuse school. Wow. <laughs> 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 you know, I, I have plans. I don't, I don't plan on being here forever. This is just, I just do this for college. Well, is that the is that the genre equivalent of taking computer typing classes? Night school. Um, hey, I, look, look. I can guarantee. I can. I can say uh, without any, without any doubt that uh, it is because I, I studied philosophy. It didn't go very far. It didn't. I don't. I don't. Uh, anyway. All right. So I'll tell him to, to roll over. I'll start working on his yes. front. Um, that might be that might be the part where things start to get weird for him. <laughs> uh, Caleb, this is where you cue in the bass line. I had to leave myself a note so I could remember. So speaking of the war effort, you know, that uh, Baron Charlemagne, he seems very opposed to this war effort. But, you know, I've never really trusted him. And I'm starting to move lower. Um, yeah, well, I, I, he's not exactly, um, a Char- Wait, Charlemagne's remind me again. Uh, who who are we talking about? What? Wait, what? How have you? How do you know Charlemagne's? What? All right, and I'm gonna do memory wipe. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, do it. Look at the birdie, ma'am. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna alter his memories. Okay. So that he forgets this conversation, and he thinks he had the best massage and happy ending ever. <laughs> Except that he doesn't uh, usually get a happy ending. He's extremely disturbed by the change in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, depending on how, I don't know if I don't know if I can say what I want to do and then roll if I get there, or if I can roll and if I do really well, do more. But if I roll high enough, I actually want to basically get him to kind of blank out like the whole day, so that he'll just be in a fugue state until our job is done. Okay. Um, yeah. So memory. So that is. Um, so we have scopes on like how how powerful an effect is and like wiping out like large portions of memory is a higher is like above your attribute level so the banes have power levels and tiers right i you're looking at the bane as a reference i believe i think there's a higher level one that allows you to like wipe out more quantity of memory okay yeah so Um, i think it's beyond your reach but we'll see uh we're going to roll and then we'll we'll sort of play it by by ear there from from there who uh 11 
11. Okay, well, doesn't much matter. Um, <laughs> Forget! <laughs> well, hey, if I got a reroll earlier, I think it's fair that at some point Michael has a reroll. Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll, give you, we'll give you one die on that. Whatever you rolled for your attribute, we'll, we'll give it to you because this is an excellent plan. I, I, have to, uh, I have to award you guys points for this incredible plan. So this is your, this is your use of it. I rolled a D6 and, or a D20 and two D6s. So what, what can I reroll? So you would roll all uh, – advantage does not get you to reroll the D20, unfortunately. So you're just rerolling the sixes. So you really need what happened to Caleb, which is you know to explode that D6. Well, I am using my catacomb die, which are well known for that. Uh, no, uh, but no. that does change it to a 14. Okay, 14. All right, so actually on a 14, that is good enough to hit his, uh, to hit his resolve defense, uh, just barely. And as such, uh, definitely no extra effect, but you're able to, to wipe out the very recent uh, portion of his memory here or to alter the, the very recent portion of his memory. Okay. So my plan had been to put him in that fugue state, not realizing I couldn't actually do that. So now I don't have a plan for what we're going to do with him. So <laughs> I guess we just punch him. Like, is are we at the punching part of the plan now? Oh, <laughs> this is where we summon the druid. Oh, druid. Don't, don't worry. I have psychic powers that can help. You just headbutt him until he falls unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in the mind, gentlemen. So, uh, so let me throw out one thing. Enchantment can inflict the incapacitated bane. You could put him to sleep. Oh, okay. Um, then, then I will. I will try that first, and then then okay. we'll go to punching. Yeah. Okay. Uh, incapacitated. Uh, to, to, to. So you would just, in this case, since it's an attack versus his his defense score, you just roll enchantment, and you have to hit his defense score. Okay. Uh, in your case, the the idea is that incapacitated is a power level five. Bane and your your enchantment is five, so you're able to invoke it. Uh, uh nineteen. That's good enough. Uh, you so what happens is uh, you're able to alter his memory to make him think that something happened differently than it did, and you have the very very fortunate effect of also putting him to sleep so that he can literally wake up thinking that whatever you altered his mind to to believe is what happened. Where he wakes up, uh, you'll have to tell me. <laughs> All right. So I guess at this point, uh, Druid, Matt, you can uh, unshapeshift and I don't know if, what, what your yeah, process was, is, but try to take over and then I will. I was going to say, do I have to uh, resume my own form or my own? Yeah. Do I have to resume my own form to gain his form or not? Uh, do you have to resume your? Oh, no, you can go. Do you mean? Can you go directly from one yes, form to another? Yes. Is that yeah, what you're asking? Yeah, exactly. Me? Yeah, you can. Okay. So then when um when Vivian finishes mind wiping him, I'd like her to like lift up and go to look at the parakeet and see a fully nude man that she's just got up <laughs> from to be standing there and be like, All right, let's get his clothes on. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well he already did yeah, already disrobed, and then while you're getting his clothes on, I will contact uh Langstrom through the ring and get him to pop over so that we can uh I guess bound and gag this guy mm-hmm. okay i mean Sounds like a plan. Are, are we yeah. just like gonna like kill the dude or are we gonna just like <laughs> i don't know what are you doing <laughs> hey I, I i don't get a paycheck for an extra body here so there's no point in getting my blades dirty let's let's tie him up let's gag him let's throw him in the closet so one thing i will note the incapacitated uh bane uh, this is just a power limiting factor because so we have in open legend, we have a little bit of a concept of like tiers and really sixth level is a tier because it unlocks a bunch of really powerful uh, effects. And so 
In enchantment, you only have a five. And so the incapacitated bane can put people out, which is real powerful, of course, in combat if you can like sleep. So it's like the sleep spell in D&D, right? Right. Um, but the downside of it is it's fragile in its, um, in its strength, right? So it's easy to wake him up. Gotcha. And you know that going in. All right. So we might not want to risk jostling him about to tie him up is what we're saying. It's it. What it is is it's it, it really. I mean, it's very obviously a question of whether an agility roll is sufficient to handle him gently enough as to not wake him up. How about this instead? Could we maybe see if I could use my entropy magic to lock him in the room, like just jack up the locks so he can't get out right away? Okay, entropy magic to jack up the locks. That's interesting. Um, wow. Okay. I'm trying to think, I guess. Sure. Why not? <laughs> I mean, it, we'll, see let how, him, we'll see what it rolls. Let him forge documents earlier. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, but, but his, so his agility, he still has agility. It's just that his entropy fuels his, his, his nimbleness is, is kind of how I envisioned it anyway. But I mean, yeah. Uh, I only have a 20. Okay. Only a 20. Oh, that's good enough. Sure. Okay. So you're able to, uh, you're able to jam the locks in a in a weird sort of a way, sort of warping. What we'll say is that the one of the delicate mechanisms inside of the lock, by the force of entropy, you, you're able to warp it so that it's actually stuck. Cool. So we've now got, and of course we grabbed his clothes. Yeah. Uh, Rand sure. Rand grabbed his actual clothes, his actual items, whatever he yep. had with him. All his accoutrement. And uh, I think with this being accomplished, we can. Oh. Yes, go uh, ahead. Lobos will. Uh, d- does she know by reputation uh, the Lord Arbrusio? And does she, uh, I mean, she she knows that, that ostensibly he is a component of of a believer, right? But uh, mm-hmm. does does she suspect now at this point that that uh, he may be faking his belief? I, I guess I don't have any personal reason to believe that, but uh, she doesn't have anything in the background, say before this session, to have led her to believe that, does she? Uh, no, she doesn't, but, uh, this, this would be the first, uh, inkling that you have of that. You would definitely from, you mm-hmm. know, what you've learned so far, um, you have questions about whether d- just as, you know, this is, is meant to be a phenomenon that we're familiar with in like politics where, you know, people who are sort of above the law, so to speak, you know what I mean? That are so important as to transcend across different groups that shouldn't be interacting with each other, but it's like they're not part of the common man, and so they're sort of immune to the the laws are only meant for normal people. That is kind of the vibe of this whole thing. Uh, after we knock him out, and before we jam the locks, uh, Lobos will, will uh, excuse herself apart from her comrades and uh, do this traitor in for the good of the movement with a quick <laughs> slit of the throat. And uh, nice. now the this... this uh, former trap to to keep him captive is now a a perfect hiding spot for his body in that it's just as difficult for people to get in as it would have been for him to get out. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out therpgacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. 
If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the Drive-Thru RPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at the RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.